Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. I want this podcast to bring you value, and I want to add value to you, my tribe. There are so many amazing, talented professionals out there who have the experience and the tools to help you crush your job search, your interviews, your resume, LinkedIn, and your own personal brand. Smart people who know what the heck they're doing. And, you know, they're there for you to reach out to and they're there to help you. So when it comes to your career, you don't want to leave that to amateurs. You got to go to the professionals. And my guest today, Kyle Elliott, is a pro for sure. He is the career and life coach behind caffeinatedkyle.com. He's also a self-proclaimed Starbucks addict. We'll get to that in a little bit. And as a result of working with Kyle, students through C-suite executives have landed jobs at Facebook, LinkedIn, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. You get the hint. Pretty much all the Fortune 500 and 100 companies you can think of. And more importantly, they have also found happiness, which is critical. He's an official member of the invitation-only Forbes Coaches Council and certified health education specialist, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. His words have been featured on Forbes, Fast Company, The Muse, and The Ladders, among other leading publications. And he loves coffee, if you didn't hear me mention that before. (laughs) Writing and eating the same thing at different restaurants. I'm very curious what that is, and we'll touch on that as well. You can follow Kyle on LinkedIn, where you can find them talking about work, life, and Starbucks. Kyle is another rock star that I met through Evangeline LeClaire's SOS Summit. It's incredible. I've had a few guests on before. We've had Sarah. We've had Evangeline on herself, Carrie Twig, who I had earlier today. Just insane, the amount of synergy and amazing people that all came together. Again, preaching to take your online offline. We connected. We chatted. We found some amazing magic. And I said, I got to have Kyle on the podcast. And we also have a very unique passion for helping people find career happiness. We have a couple different approaches, a little bit different jobs, but we both ultimately have the same goal of helping people. I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. Kyle, great stuff. So let's just start out. Why don't we just tell our tribe a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and how do we get to where we are today, man? Yeah, so I'm a career coach. I help people find jobs they love. And oftentimes people come to me when they're stuck. So they don't know how to find a job. They've been applying and applying and applying and not hearing back. Or oftentimes they're middle aged and they come to me and say, Kyle, I just don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, I've been in this career a decade or two decades, and it's just not what I want to do. And how I came into my own career is a really interesting story that I always like to start with. Yeah, sure, please. Um, In undergrad, I was studying health education. Um, I planned to do a career in nursing or healthcare administration. And on the side, I started reviewing resumes and LinkedIn profiles and personal statements for $5 on the app called Fiverr. Mm -hmm. So it's like Upwork, people charge five bucks for tasks. And it was supposed to just be something to get me through college. Um, If I made $100 a week, I was happy. Um, I then went to grad school and had to keep funding my way through grad school. I um, took out a lot of loans too, but <laughs> to afford the Starbucks and eating at restaurants and all that, I continued to do Fiverr. I think I charged like 10 or 20 bucks for resumes then. 
And then once I graduated grad school, I got a full-time job. And I was like, okay, I'm done with these fibers. I'm done with helping people. But then I created this tribe of people who knew me and kept referring people to me. So instead of ending that business, it actually blew up and kept growing. It's incredible. 30 hours a week helping people. I raised my prices above five or 10 or 20 bucks and it just kept growing. And two years ago, I made the plunge from doing it as a side hustle to doing it full time. And that's where I'm here today. And I share that because awesome. it's different than nearly every other career coach or resume writer out there. They're an executive for a decade or two, or they did journalism. And for me, it was never intentional. I just had this side hustle, this passion for helping people. And there's no one out there my age who's doing career coaching or at least successfully running a business, helping people get jobs in the Silicon Valley. So that's why I love what I do. I'm different. And I'm able to help my clients own what's different and unique about them and leverage it during their job search. That's awesome. And there's two, there's two pieces there that I absolutely love. First and foremost, I think that having the qualifications and experience, someone your age where you could help people both that are in your demographic and in your age group, mm-hmm. having that experience. And then plus, and we talk about this all the time, a lot of your clients are, I, I assume, twice your age. And having built that authenticity and working with people that are open to that, that are people that are humble enough to say, you know what? Who cares that he's half my age? He knows what he's doing. He's skilled and he's adding value. So a couple of questions I need to just get off the plate quickly before we dig in. What is the one thing that you order at every restaurant? What is that? It's usually pasta. Everywhere I go, it's pasta or orange chicken. So I tend to get the same thing everywhere. Um, so, if it's on the me- so if it's on the menu you order, what if it's not on the menu? Um, a burger. Usually a burger is on the menu. So my fiance always jokes I'm super vanilla. So I always get the same thing. Like we went to ice cream last night. I wanted cookie dough ice cream. They didn't have it. So we went to another ice cream shop to get me cookie dough. What kind of ice, ice cream, cream place doesn't have cookie dough ice cream? I know. That's what I'm saying. I think it's strange when they don't. So I love variety and experiences. Right. But when I get there, I want the same thing. That's why I always have a cup of coffee in my hand. I like that consistency. I hear you. And what do you order from Starbucks? Are you, are you plain Jane just going for your, for your black coffee? No, it's a soy sugar-free vanilla latte. So that's been my staple. I'm working with a nutritionist now. <laughs> so we're trying to be mindful and say, do you really need to drink this and we're thinking of other ideas like iced coffee with just soy. Um, so that's been my drink lately, an iced coffee with soy. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's, let's jump into a little bit. So you speak a lot about showing up authentically during your job search. What do you mean by that? And how can candidates ensure that they do so themselves? Yeah. So a lot of clients and a lot of job seekers, what they do is they put this mask on when they're job searching. There's tips out there saying don't share more than 10 years of your experience or don't put your personality on your resume. And I don't like those rules. I like breaking with clients and breaking it strategically and instead encouraging people. You know what? There's this mask people put on when it comes to the job search. And I want you to just take that mask off from the beginning so that when you get to the interview and when you get to your first day and when you get to your 90-day review and when you get to your five-year anniversary at that company, you're the same person all along. What happens is a lot of employers feel catfished. What happens is the client they interviewed or the job seeker they interviewed is not Mm -hmm. the same as the person who started there. And both the job seeker and the employer is upset. So I encourage people to just be authentic from the beginning. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you completely because I, 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 I do in-house recruiting as well. And I interview people all day long. And there are some people that are fantastic at interviews. They're just awesome. They go and they crush it. They have charisma. They have charm. They have the skill set of interviewing. But when they go in and start the job, they, not, they don't necessarily have the skill set all the time for the, for, the, for the position that they 
applied and, and accepted. And a lot of that has to, you know, the onus is on the hiring manager to really dig in. But the onus is also really on the candidate. You really want to be authentic. You really want to let yourself shine um, and just, you know, totally be yourself. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, LinkedIn. What are some of the tips, the key tips that job seekers can leverage on LinkedIn during the job search process? I know it's a broad question. So let's actually bring it down a little bit. Let's talk about the beginning of the search. If you're starting a, starting a search in the beginning, whether you have a job, which is great because I always say it's a lot easier to find a job when you have it a job. Is. But let's say, you know, shit happens and you lost your job. You got downsized, you got fired and you're out there and you got to find something. Where should someone start? What is point one, ground zero, day one, minute one? How do you start your job search? So something I always recommend for people is to find those who are in their dream position at their dream company and talk to them. And I give this advice all the time. People say, okay, great, Kyle. And then they don't. So I encourage people, if you want to be a product marketing manager at Facebook, message product marketing managers at Facebook on LinkedIn and invite them to chat with you. Specifically, what I'm saying is invite them to chat with you. Don't ask them for a job. Don't right. share a resume. Have conversations. So I encourage job seekers, the majority of their time should be spent networking. And when I say networking, it's really just having conversations with people. That's, That's what networking is at the end of the day, building relationships, mm -hmm. adding value. And then people come to me and the rebuttal is always like, well, I tried that and it didn't work. And what happens is when they tried it, they shared their resume or said they were looking for a job. And if you come back to the base of just having conversations, it's so much more powerful. You know, and I couldn't agree more. And, that, and, and that's my mantra too. It's about playing the long game and establishing those relationships. So the question is, I'm a product marketer, I, a product manager, it's called a product manager, and I'd love to work at Facebook and identify some product managers. What is some sample messaging that someone could use on that initial email so it doesn't look like it's coming out of left field, so it's not looking too pushy. What, what could that look like? Hi there. I see you are a product manager at Facebook. Um, something personal about that person. So a mutual connection you have, or you both have the same degree. Something to show it's personalized. Um, something about what you want to learn from them. And that's what I would leave the message at with then ending a clear call to action. So, hey, I see you're a product manager at Facebook. You and I both went to University of Washington. I'm super curious about what it's like working at Facebook and if it's really as amazing as everyone says. When are you available for 20 minutes for a quick phone call or coffee to chat? And ending with that clear call to action where you don't say, are you available? Or, I know you're busy. Those are passive, but being assertive and saying, when are you available for 20 minutes to chat? And with this messaging, I personally get over 90% of people who I cold contact to respond to my LinkedIn messages and my clients easily over half of people respond to their messages. That is a tremendous piece of advice here. And let's go back to that for a little bit because I wanted to hit home for people. There's a subtle difference in the way you position your call to action. And it's a balance between being persistent and being polite. And once you find that, you don't want to leave it too open-ended. You want to keep it pretty firm and assertive. So let's play a counter bit on that. Like someone reaches back to you and they say, uh, you know, thanks for reaching out. I don't, I don't have time. Now what? So I've messaged personally thousands of people and I've gone one person to say they don't have time ever out of thousands of people. That's incredible. It just doesn't happen. And same with my clients. What happens when you say you want to have a conversation with someone and share, people don't get that. I've talked to product managers. I've talked to people in finance and computer science. And I say, how often do people reach out asking to pick your brain? It's never. 
Yeah, they just want a job. They just want. They just hey, want a you, job. Hey, I saw this job listing. Can you just connect me to the hiring manager? That's yes. bullshit. But when I'm not going to take the time out of my day if you're not going to, you know, if you approach me in the nice way and you want to learn about what I do and about the company, and I'm an altruistic person and I and I could find a few minutes to you know talk to someone who's up and coming in the career, I'm more than happy to do that than someone blindly reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, Adam, I saw a job posted. Could you apply for me or so? You know, put it in the right hands." Nope. Exactly. As humans, we love connection. We love helping people. And that altruistic piece is so key. And building upon that, people are just willing to respond when they feel special. When you ask someone, hey, I want to just learn about you and your career. Or, hey, I see that you went from Netflix to Facebook and that transition. I want to just learn about that transition and what it was like. People are willing to share and talk about themselves. We're also, while we love helping people, we're also egocentric at the end of the day as humans. So people also like talking about themselves. So just building upon that. That's 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 a very good point. So what if, what advice do you give for somebody to connect directly with a hiring manager? You can connect directly with the hiring manager. I instead suggest connecting with the people who are in the roles you're targeting because their boss is the hiring manager and you can get that introduction to the hiring manager. So it's different. A lot of people say reach out directly to the recruiter, reach out directly to the hiring manager. But I write a lot, a lot, a lot of LinkedIn profiles for recruiters or for executives and they're inundated with messages saying, hey, I want to get hired. All day long. One of my clients had over 7,000 messages from the past month. She was in HR, not even in a recruiter role, and over 7,000 messages because she was high up in HR at a company people wanted to work at. And that's common for high up executives. So if you go one level down from that hiring manager, people who would be your peers, they can then advocate for you. That is a tremendous point, and it's referral-based recruiting. And I, and I talk about that a lot. You talk about someone reaching out to somebody who's a peer, someone at the same level. You establish a relationship with them. But you also don't want to be a threat, right? You don't want to be applying to take over. <laughs> you, know, you, don't want to be, you don't want to be applying to take over <laughs> yes. their job. So another piece that I talk about shifting gears for a little bit in the job search process is the, the mental side of it. And it's tough. And I've been there. And I, I personally have you know, found a new job while having a job, which is stressful into itself. But there's a whole other layer of stress and anxiety and work that goes into it when you don't have a job. So talk to us a little bit about how you prepare your clients and work with them to, to build up that mental fortitude during the, during the job process. Yes, most of my, man- my clients are managers and executives. They're super successful. And on the outside, they have these amazing careers. And then when I dig into that, Confidence is one of the most common issues my clients face and job seekers face is is confidence, whether they have a job and are job seeking or don't have a job. And with that, that's why I think it's so helpful to come back to conversations because those are easy wins. You can keep getting people to have conversations. But if you're applying to 100 jobs a day and not hearing back, that's going to obviously be a huge blow to your ego. But if you're building up conversations getting out there and networking in that way that's really intentional what happens is you're continually winning and building upon that and then people are successful and you see okay i'm making progress here every day i've had these conversations so i like my clients and i encourage job seekers to really focus on what they can control you can't control how many interview offers you get so a lot of people will say oh my goal here is to get an interview offer every week you can't control that what you can control is i want to have five conversations a week. I instill you're waiting on another person, but that's a lot easier to control. And that's a huge boost to your confidence when you're able to be in control of your destiny. 
I agree. And I think it's about setting attainable and reach goals during the job search process. And I did it myself where I was like, all right, by Wednesday, today's Monday, by Wednesday, I want to make sure that I've reached out to, you know, six hiring managers. I applied to X amount of jobs. I've networked with 20 people. So I'm holding myself accountable and, you know, making sure that I'm hitting those goals and doing a checks and balance. And I also talk a lot about, you know, having that balance as well mentally of, of being disciplined, you know, getting up every morning, showering, you know, going to Starbucks, right? Sitting there, going somewhere else. Um, and Starbucks, if you're looking to sponsor a podcast, you know, right, right over here, happy to do so. I will give up my Duncan sponsorship and I see Kyle cringing when I say Duncan. I, I'm old school. I like, I like, I like my Duncan iced coffee, man. When it comes to the iced coffee, I don't know about the real stuff, but you know, when it comes to the iced coffee, I'm going to Duncan. So <laughs> switching gears a little bit again, you know, if you had to give only like I'm paying you, Kyle, I'm paying you top dollar, but I'm only paying for your golden goose, your golden egg, your one single best piece of advice that you could give to job seekers, what would it be? I would encourage them to not try and blend in and instead break the rules, um, but not be an a-hole. So I've given a keynote on that and that's something I and continuously do with my clients. I encourage them to break the rules because when they're applying somewhere and they're trying to stand out from a thousand people, them being the same is not gonna help them get to the top. So I want them to break the rules and say, what is so fabulous and different about me that makes me more qualified and better for this role than the other 10,000 people applying. And break the rules and share that up front. If you say, you know what, I am the most amazing person at this type of marketing, why don't you have an example of that on your resume? Put a picture of that. Or something that's different about you and break the rules to really show up and own that fabulousness. One of my clients is like, you know what, Kyle, I just suck at writing. Once people see me and interact with me, I'm great. Um, and I'm like, okay, how can you show that? He's like, well, I wish I could just send a video to this person mm -hmm. um, and they would know who I am. I was like, well, why haven't you? And then he started sending videos out and getting responses. No one utilizes the video. There's two things that people aren't utilizing. One, send me a video. I would love to get a video resume. That's awesome. There's another really cool feature on LinkedIn that only a couple of people are using, which is the voice memo feature. Mm, yes. I love getting, I love getting voice memos. It's cool. It's personal. Anyone could type it. Um, even in a sales pitch, I got one of them and it made that sales pitch. I mean, we talk about it a lot. Like don't just connect with me on LinkedIn and send the sales pitch. I think that's everyone's biggest pet peeve after recruiter bashing, which is another mm -hmm. favorite American pastime um, right now. So Kyle, where, where have you seen, you know, what, what is the biggest, you know, mistake, the number one biggest mistake that people in their career search are making right now? I think they focus too much on the low-hanging fruit. So what happens is a lot of people say, oh, here's a job, I'm going to apply to it, and that's easy, and people can feel accomplished, but I feel like it's a false sense of accomplishment. You know what, Kyle, I've applied to 600 jobs. Um, look at all this work I've done. And yes, maybe you've done some work, but it's not strategic or it's not intentional and it's not right. getting you results. So really I encourage people to focus on what's getting them results. How did you land your jobs before? It was probably through networking or probably through someone you know, knew. Um, oftentimes when I talk to clients, they're like, well, I didn't get a job this way before. So wait, I don't really realize why I'm applying this way now as <laughs> we really dig into it because such few jobs are achieved from just blindly applying for jobs. Yeah, it's such a rare thing. It's a black hole, people. You have to put in the work and you have to do it. So Kyle, let's bring it home here. Um, what is your superpower? What is, what is Kyle's superpower? 
I help people get unstuck. So a lot of people come to me when everything else has failed. So they've worked with a number of coaches or resume writers. They've been job searching for six years and haven't found a job. Or they're like, I want to make this huge transition from HR to finance, and it's just not possible. And for me, it's helping people get unstuck and making it possible, specifically by helping them break the rules, by owning their fabulousness, and really being intentional with it. So I'd say my superpower is really helping people get unstuck. That's awesome. So let's just let's circle back here for a minute here. You talk about being unstuck, and something you talked about earlier was a mid-career pivot. I'm mm -hmm. going a little off the script here because I want to talk about it because I personally had a mid-career pivot. At the age of 35, after you know, 17 years working in advertising and marketing, I pivoted from being an account guy to a recruiter. What advice do you give people who say to you, hey, Kyle, I've been a, you know, a, a plumber my whole life and all I want to do is be an astronaut. How do you approach that? So I think for your example, um, I'm thinking when you go from advertising to marketing to recruiting, it's not even that big of a difference. Most I mean, that was jobs, logical. I mean, I'm giving, uh, yeah. Let's yeah, but most jobs are not that different from one another when you really get down to it. And I think that's what's most helpful for people to realize at the end of the day, it deals with people, processes, projects, and 80, 90% of every job is similar to another job. I did this activity with someone and they're like, well, I work in a mortuary and I was trying to show them how every job is connected to project management. Walk us through like, that. Yeah, walk, let's yeah. unpack that. I want to hear this one. So at first I was like, okay, let's try and dig in here. I was like, okay, well, there's probably like, no uh, it's, a pro <laughs> it's a project of someone, a body coming in and doing that. He's like, oh, I don't touch the bodies. I was like, okay, what's your role? I'm an intern. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, let's talk about some of the projects you've been assigned. Well, I haven't been assigned projects. I just do office work. Okay, well, tell me in the office what you do. He's like, oh, I just answer the phone. Okay, and then we kept digging, and finally we realized, okay, well, there was this project he worked on. It was updating their employee manual. And I was like, okay, what was the project? And he's like, oh, well, I had to collect info from people. Okay, you involve stakeholders. Okay, did you have a timeline? Okay, you managed a timeline. And as we dug into it, we realized wait, this was a huge six-month project that involved all these different staff that he had to get information externally and do research. It was this big timeline. He had deliverables. And, I was, and then he's like, wait, I guess I kind of am a project manager at work. Mm -hmm. Yes, I answer the phone. But I also do project management. So for me, it's helping people kind of go a level deeper than how they've originally thought and realizing most of what we do every day is similar to each other. So those transitions right. may seem Goliath, but really they're not that huge. And your job as a job seeker is to connect those dots for the recruiter and for the hiring manager. Exactly. That is awesome advice. Carl, I wrap up every interview with asking my guest, what is your North Star? What do you turn to in the good times when you're showing gratitude and love and just I'm thankful for everything. And then in the same breath, you know, when things aren't going well, you know, when you're having a crappy day, when things aren't going right, personally, professionally, what does Kyle Elliott turn to for your North Star? I would say the success stories of my clients. I think some of my clients, um, they just want a new job because they're really driven by money. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And other clients, it's literally life transforming what we're doing. They say, you know what, I have six months and then my visa is up and I'm gonna have to go back to my home country, Kyle, find me a job so me and my three children can stay here. 
And that's what I really look at, recognizing that a lot of my work for my clients is life transforming. And I didn't think about it like that before. I said, okay, here's a resume. Yes, I'm great at it. Yes, I'm helping people find jobs, but it ended there. And now as more and more executives reach out to me, um, and especially at higher levels, I think that's what's exciting. I'm like, oh, I helped this client get a job. And now I'm at this grocery store and I see their marketing that's at 2,000 grocery yep. stores. Yep. And because I helped them get this job, this came to fruition. So for okay. me, just knowing that ripple effect is so exciting. That is awesome. That is freaking awesome. Kyle, thank you so much. So let's wrap this up here. Some closing thoughts. So knowing when to ask for help is hard. It's very hard, especially during the job search. So hopefully now, you know, through Kyle, through some of my other guests, that there are professionals out there like him who could give you that competitive advantage to land the job of your dreams, to pivot, to change, to be happy. These pros, to give you the tools and structure that you need to be disciplined, focused, and they're a sounding board for advice and direction. I really, truly hope that you have found value in Kyle's tips and tactics like I have. But more importantly, it's about having that mindset to put you in a position for success. Remember, the job search is the hardest job you will ever have ever I promise you that but you're not in it alone you're not there are tons of resources at your fingertips and you just need to reach out and make it happen continue to take the online offline folks again I keep saying this this is the type of advice insight and inspiration that you need to harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward Kyle where could folks uh, connect with you where could they find you Yes, the best place is LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. If you look up Kyle Elliott, I'll probably be the first one to pop up. And I recently got Instagram, so I'm on there as well. Kyle Elliott or my handles caffeinated Kyle. So I share some of the behind the scenes. You see where I write, where I coach. Um, it's usually somewhere random. So those are usually the two best. And then, of course, my website, obviously, caffeinatedkyle.com. That's awesome. And I'm going to have all the links below. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, podcast podcast. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. What a day. I need some coffee. Podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media links. Subscribe. Links below. Remember, take your online, offline, make it happen. Thanks for joining us. Take care and catch us next week for more of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.